for your girl. That's right, that's right, it's a podcast. It's pop for your girl. What's up, everybody? It's your girl with Gochi, and welcome to Pod for Your Girl. Episode one, season two, is finally here. And today's episode is called Let Me Hold Something, okay? As a um, woman of color, you have to be financially stable. You have to even plan to be financially stable. Like, it's a big deal, sis. So that's what I'm here to encourage you on today. The Let Me Hold Something episode is going up, all the way up. So let's go. Um, First of all, I got my Go Girl segment. Y'all know I usually do this segment later on in the show, but Today, I have a guest joining me, and she is my go girl, y'all. She gets the go girl for this episode, y'all. And I'm going to tell you why, okay? She's an author, y'all. She also just graduated with her master's in finance, okay? How many of us can do that, y'all? Financial and stuff. We can't do stuff like that. So she get a go girl. Hey, okay. Um, and also, she is an advocate for financial literacy, and she's working on her personal finance book for all of us. She's trying to help us go after this bag and get these gains, get these coins. So without further ado, I want to welcome my sis, Zaina Ikiki. What's up, sis? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. You know what? You are my first guest on the show. Yeah. I. You know, she didn't give me any, like treat basket or anything like that. I'm kind of hungry, stomach grumbling, but it's okay. I feel bad, but you got coffee though. I did. I did get coffee. <laughs> she I got a that cup coffee. of coffee. So, <laughs> hey, but you know what? I got you later on. I got you. Nah, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Look, <laughs> I want to just celebrate you, sis. I got to give you your roses because you just graduated with your master's in finance. And that's a big deal because I hated accounting. I know it's two different things, but I know you probably had to take accounting classes. Yeah. You probably had to take math classes and all this <laughs> stuff. And that's hard. How did you make it through? It wasn't that bad. Um, I was actually just talking to my daughter yesterday. The uh, degree just came in the mail. Woo, woo. Woo. So I was. she was like, oh, my God, last time when you got your bachelor's degree in the mail, you cried. And she was like, why aren't you crying? <laughs> <laughs> and it was just because during that time, I was just going through a lot of different changes in my life. Mm-hmm. And that was really hard. I quit on myself so many times. I was like, I don't think I can do this. But once the master's degree came around, yeah, the coursework was harder. But my life was more stable. I was more focused. Right. It was like I knew what I needed to expect from myself and I knew what I needed to do to pull through. And I think that's really what made it easier. Ooh, yes, this I feel you on that. Like I have a bachelor's degree and I'm like that master's. Ooh, it's only two years less. It's two it's, years less. It's, you're, you're right. But God, you're going to have to speak to me to go after that master's. <laughs> but now I really want to, before we even dive into um, the let me hold something um, episode, I really want to ask you, why is finance so important, especially for women of color? Because you are a woman, a woman of color, and you know you're in the finance industry now. Yeah. And and why is that so important for us? I think it's because like when you look at American history, like Black people in general, 
were put down initially we were three-fifths of a man right yeah and then you have so we couldn't vote we couldn't do all these different things we weren't yeah. considered equal but then you have women in general not just black women but women in general that were looked at like well you can't work and you can't mm-hmm. do this so then you have black women <laughs> so it's like a double whammy it's like we're black yes. and we're women so it's yes. like we're at the least we're at the bottom of the barrel as far as society is concerned mm-hmm. and so in any way that we can you know not necessarily prove ourselves, but maybe prove ourselves to ourselves that we're we are great. We are capable of everything anybody else is capable of, and even more than that, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we're just as great. We're just as capable. You know that that's important, and finance just so happens to be my lane. That's yes, it's like I mean, you we gotta start trailblazing. You know, we can't like look at it like you know these industries that are so like, um, what's the word when you just, when it's just infiltrated, it's that these industries that are infiltrated by usually white men mm-hmm. holding the the flame and they're, you know, trailblazing, they're running and going after it. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you know, for us, it feels so far away. Yeah. It feels so hard to break through. Like even when we do come, get one foot in the door, like, you know, to actually be on top and be successful mm-hmm. in it. Like we need more of us like trailblazing yeah. blazing in those industries. So I just want to really give you a shout out and just say, go girl, like go after it, trailblaze this industry, you know, do things that, you know, people may have tried to box us out and tell us that we couldn't do. Just keep going after it. That's okay. so good. I think that's the corporate world, period. It's yeah. like when people of color, when women of color especially, it's so true. Like once you're black and then you add being a woman to it, it's just like this combination that's like, what do you think you're doing here? But I, I think I'm getting yeah. to a point where it's like, <clears throat> we're a part of this society. We're an integrated society. So we do want to, you know, break those barriers. But at the same time, I think that things are evolving to the point where it's like, I'm not necessarily trying to be in people's spaces. I'm mm-hmm. trying to create my own space. Yes, says create your own <laughs> That's what we that's what we talking about today. Like breaking these barriers. And she's kind of segueing into the next um segment, you guys, because y'all know if y'all listen to the show before, we have the patch of weaves segment okay which is all about you know just breaking barriers okay and let me just break this down for you guys Zayna I, I don't know if you ever you know well I know you wore weave before mm-hmm. but you know when you you got a you got a little itch when and I don't care if you if you wearing weave when you braiding your hair or wearing a wig or you got an actual sew in in your hair okay you're gonna have that itch because of the yeah. hair okay yeah. and sometimes when you in public and you have that itch as a woman of color, you kind of think twice before you just go at it and just start, you know, <laughs> patting because it's such a stereotype to, right. you know, just pat your weave in public. And sometimes you want to hold back from that. But when it comes to breaking barriers, one of the things that we're trying to do with this podcast is just say, you know, although it may feel uncomfortable, that is you. Mm -hmm. If you feel like you need to patch your weave, it may not be the cultural norm to some people, but go ahead and do it, sis, because that's you. And the more that we do things that are uncomfortable for us, but is normal to our culture, then other, we tear down barriers for other races. We tear down barriers for other cultures and allow them to see what we're doing in a different light. The people that don't understand that patch of weave uh, or that itch, 
they start to understand that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even with this um, let me hold something uh, episode, I kind of want to speak to the being a lender and not a borrower mentality, like allowing ourselves to like move past being a lender and not being afraid to give onto other people. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we're going to dive into that in a second. But first of all, Zaina, I want to talk to you really quick. Have you ever experienced a situation where you were just uncomfortable to be yourself because you may be afraid of how, you know, people may perceive the black culture? You know what I mean? Like one of the things that I just, you know, all, all people believe that, you know, all black people love fried chicken and hot sauce. <laughs> And watermelon. and watermelon. You know what I mean? And so when you are around mixed company, you may not necessarily ask right. for hot sauce, you right. know, but have you ever experienced that? I don't know. I don't know if it may be in the corporate world or just in your daily life where you just don't want to be yourself or want to do things or break a barrier based upon your race or what people may think of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that happens all the time. I work um, and I'm going to try to be tactful. <laughs> I work in us in an office it's a small office it's about six of us in the office and mm -hmm. i am the only black person in that <laughs> office and we Ooh, are sis. in georgia to add insult Ooh, to injury sis. north <laughs> so georgia like, okay right so i'm like in in a room full of people that hold certain views i'm gonna mm -hmm. put it that way so definitely it's always a struggle on a daily basis of do I say this? Do I respond to this? Because um, right. they talk freely. Right. Do not, you know, and that's, I think that's mm -hmm. one thing that black people need to realize is like, nobody else is worried about making people uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, only, it's so, it say appears that, as though it's only us that's like, is this okay? Is this, mm -hmm. especially in this current climate, like nobody else is worried about being politically correct. Right. Or anything. Everybody's just letting it all hang out. And right. I'm not saying that that's right because I, I have my own feelings about that. But I just feel like if everybody else is so free to be themselves, whatever that means, whether it's beautiful or ugly, we should be feel free to be our beautiful selves. And so I definitely have experienced that where it's like there are racial topics yeah. that are brought up and yeah. nobody's like, oh, I wonder if this, you know, it appears as though nobody's thinking, I wonder if this makes Zayna uncomfortable. And so there mm -hmm. have been a couple of times where I'm like, okay, how much, you know, like, I have to say something about this. Yeah, and I, then like, I have to what, be mindful yeah. of how I say it. And then if somebody makes me upset at work because they're actually, like I have a coworker who's always like pushing her work off on me. And it's like, <laughs> do you realize you're not my boss? <laughs> and I have to be mindful of how I come across in, in that sense and how I handle mm -hmm. those situations because I don't want to be the black girl that's always having a problem. Because no matter, like, and I think that subconsciously we all kind of look yes. at black people that way, even other black people that yes. it's like, when you see a white person and a black person doing the same exact, same thing, exact thing, you process it differently, unfortunately. Yes. Yes. And so I'm just at a point where it's like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to be my whole self, which means I am a tactful person. I try to be yes. tactful and I try to be mindful of people's feelings and things like that. But at the end of the day, like if my, my, my dignity, who I yeah. am, my identity is more important than keeping a job or... Um, 
I don't know, it's more important than anything. So I just have me being true to who I am is more important yes. than anything else because we're so we're so silenced and we're yes. always told how we're to behave. We're conditioned, yeah. There's a standard. I was mm-hmm. listening to a conversation that um two people were having last night on Instagram and they said, you know, there's a white standard. Mm. And I think that so many black people try to fit into that, like, oh, yeah. let me, this is how I'm supposed to act. And it's like there's something called being a civilized person, being mm-hmm. a good person, knowing mm-hmm. how to conduct yourself and then right. there's losing your identity and that's right. just there's a line there yeah and it, it's so you know I and I love my black men especially like you know with, with everything that's going on yeah. um you guys know about the George Floyd situation and you know just this this the climate that we're in right now in America when it comes to racism when it comes to you know making sure that our black men are encouraged but just as a community, like doing better because, you know, it's not just black men that have it bad. Like black women, mm-hmm. women of color in general, we have it really bad, bad because I know um, you said earlier, like us being like the bottom, bottom mm-hmm. of the totem pole, you know, because of our gender, because of our skin color, we're not just, you know, marginalized, but we're sectionalized. Like yeah. we're black. But then we are in the section of being a woman, Mm -hmm. too. And so it gets like very hard when you put us in places and predicaments like, you know, corporate America, where, you know, they may not necessarily listen to us because we're black or they may take our emotions differently because we're a woman. Mm -hmm. Like we can't be loud and emotional. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like we have to contain so much about ourselves. And, you know, it's, it's just... And then it's difficult. Like one thing that I've experienced countless times, like at my current job is like, I took, to be honest with you, the job that I have now I took because I was pursuing my master's degree and I needed a job where I could still support my family financially and also Mm -hmm. kind of be able to focus more on my school than, because I was a manager prior to this job. So I was like, I need, I mean, you know, I need to do something where I have less responsibility. But at the end of the day, I am still me. I still have a brain. I'm still, I still consider myself a smart person. So even though I may not be the manager in the office, I'm still going to vocalize my opinion. Hey, I don't think we should do it this way. I think we should do it that way. (laughs) And I feel like, okay, I get looked at like I'm speaking Chinese. Like, first of all, who are you? (laughs) Who are you? Why are you talking? That doesn't make sense. And it's like, what do you do when you know that what you're saying? Yeah is the right way right. or what you're saying. Like I've literally been told and not even like with things necessarily directly related to the work that we're doing, but maybe just mm-hmm. in casual conversation. Like I don't see that. Like if it's a math problem, I'm a finance major. It's fine. I don't know what I'm talking about. Right. I don't see that pattern because we're, we're working on a pattern and it's like, it's definitely right. There, it's right, it's fine. right in front of your face, <laughs> but you know, you ain't gonna I guess to I'm the stupid one. Right. It's fine. But that's it's crazy. <laughs> it's almost like you have to prove yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you have to first, you know, allow people to see, even regardless, regardless of if you're right, you can't always say that you're right. Mm-hmm. You have to yep. kind of be less than before you can be greater, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's one of the things why, you know, this podcast is so important because I feel like the more we create conversations, the more we bring it to light, we be vocal about it yeah. and not just suppress it yeah. and not just keep on living, then we can actually make a change. Yeah. So, you know, with Patch of Weave, we're going to go into that segment real quick. Um, but, you know, I just want to 
make sure that you guys got your listening ears on, okay? Because we about to break some stereotypes today. And the main stereotype that we focus in on breaking is just becoming the lender, okay? And I'm going to tell y'all a situation real quick. Like, if you have your friend that comes to you and say, sis, like, I'm going through this situation. Like, I need to hold $1,000 real quick because, you know, and but this is if you got it. I'm not talking about, you know, if you don't have it and you can't give it. Mm-hmm. But if you have it, if you work hard for your coin, okay, and you know you got something stored up mm-hmm. in savings, you know what I mean? And your sis comes to you and she know you got it too because you <laughs> always, you know, right. talking about it. You flexing a little bit, but... <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know we all got a little bit of flex in it. But um, you know, you know you got it, and she comes to you and she talks to you and she tells you her situation and she asks you to hold something. Like, my initial thing is this is why I got Zayna on here, because she's about to help us. Because I had a thing where I was like, you know what? Like, I have to hold on to my money. Like, I can't let nobody else have it because for one, I ain't gonna get it back. Like, you know, I'm not going to let you hold nothing because, you know, are you? it's different if I just give you a gift. Right. But if you tell me you're going to pay me back and it's a substantial amount of money, like, you know, I'm going to feel a certain type of way. I'm going to feel like, you know, every our friendship ain't even going to be the same. <laughs> it's not going to be the same till you pay me back. Like, I'm going to be, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to have conversations on the phone with you because I'm going to be like, okay, she messed up. I got it. I let her hold this. <laughs> so you ain't going to bring it up. So you ain't going to say, oh, yeah, I got you about on the money. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know what about I mean? Like, just, and I'm just saying, you know, just a reminder that it's coming back to you, sis. Right. But, right. you know, like, we as a, as a culture, as a black culture, even, you know, I'm talking to my women out there. You know, um, how can we change the stigma or the stereotype that, you know, the the black dollar or, you know, us as in, in our culture, we don't lend. We're not the lenders. Like, you know, when we go to the banks, a lot of people that own these banks, a lot of investors are white males, mm-hmm. you know. And then after that, you know, it's the black male. And then after that, you go into women, you know, so at the end of the day, like, how do we change that? How do we change the idea that if I lend, you know, first we can talk about, you know, the actual situation. Mm -hmm. And then I do want to go deeper in how that can kind of cultivate us to, you know, become investors and, you know, whatnot. So, yeah, I want to hear from you, sis, like what you think about that situation? If your sis asked you for a thousand dollars, like. What? How you feel? Man. <laughs> nobody you gonna has, let her hold something. <laughs> nobody has ever asked me for that much money, which is $1,000 is not a lot of money, which right, right. is a whole nother topic as to different, you know, I guess depending on where you are in life, it, mm-hmm. it can be a lot. So I'm not saying anything bad about anybody because at mm-hmm. one point $1,000 was a lot to me too. Right, right, right. But um, it really boils down, with anything, it boils down to relationship. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not gonna give a thousand dollars to just anybody my my personal like thing is if i give you you mentioned giving a gift earlier i don't think there it all depends on your relationship with the person in the same way there's a reason why there are credit checks involved exactly when we want to borrow from corporations and it's because they're like 
are you going to give me my money back? That's pretty much what they're asking <laughs> when they want to well, let me check your credit. Because they're wondering, are you going to pay me back? Are you good for it? Right. Yeah. Are you going to pay me back? Are you going to be able to pay me back? Exactly. Are you the kind of person that pays people back? back right. <laughs> It's about relationship. Like if somebody comes to me and they're asking for money and I'm like, you know, first of all, I'm gonna talk to my husband. I'm like, bro, like <laughs> they've been struggling for the past 15 years right. and I love them. Right. Can we give them this money and mm-hmm. not expect like, do we need this money back? Is the right. first question. Yes. <laughs> Cause yeah. I'm never like, now nah, you ain't getting no money from me. Now, if somebody's just like, if I just saw them like yesterday, they was posting videos, they, mm-hmm. you know, at Disney World and they family having a good time and then yeah. tomorrow they like yo you got some gas money like no I ain't got no no I'm not shit no nah, I wouldn't say it like happens. that like, <laughs> no trust me I understand <laughs> I'm not gonna be like no I ain't got no gas money but we are gonna have to have a conversation like bro why do you need gas money exactly how you get to Disney World how you, how you pay for Disney World how did you eat at Disney World <laughs> Like, at this point, that financial coach, like, like that kicks in. <laughs> like, like, we got to have a, con- like, I'll give you gas money. Like, I'm not going to, or food. <laughs> like, I'm not going to watch your kids starve if I got it. Right. But we need to have a conversation because I'm not footing your bill while you're spending your money recklessly. Right. But it, it's also about relationship, knowing who you're dealing with. But if you have somebody that you know, they actually, like, first of all, somebody needs your help. Like, you shouldn't be like, nah, I ain't. You know what I'm saying? Like, that should never be our mindset, especially as black people, especially as black women, because we know that we're 10 steps behind everybody yeah. else already. Yeah. And that's a part of the reason why we stay in that position because we we're not, our culture doesn't help each other move forward. Ooh, we're girl. all focused on ourselves. Girl, you just said something. And that leads me to, you know, as, as a black society or a black culture, like why do we hold on so tight to our money? Like, why is that? Like, you know, even and I'm going to just say this, even in like, you know, our music, you know, Mm -hmm. in in the culture, like, you know, we always talk about the culture, like a lot of it, like we flex, we flex with the um, with the uh, what we wear. We got to have the most expensive stuff. And it's funny because now I'm just now tapping into this. Like, I don't know if y'all seen this show on Netflix called Black AF. Like they, the first episode, I ain't ain't watched the whole season or (laughs) nothing like that. But the first episode they kind of talk about that, like, you know, us being having to flex as mm-hmm. a society, like us as a culture, as a um, as a group of people. Like we have this mentality that, you know, the flashier, the better, the more, you know, you're able to be more flashy. That means that, you know, you you about your business or whatever. But at the end of the day, you're not. You're, yeah, <laughs> it don't really mean nothing. Right, like. Right. It's crazy. Like, why do you think we have to hold on so tight to our money? And, you know, uh, we, when it comes to being that lender or when it comes to being an investor, we like, we ain't invested in that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a certain amount of fear there. Yeah, for sure. I think the rabbit hole goes, like, deeper than, like, we could talk about that for hours. Right. Because like, one, I, I um, <clears throat> during my bachelor's degree, my long journey, mm-hmm. <laughs> long, longer than four year, <laughs> longer than four year journey of That's getting okay. my bachelor's degree. Look, I was, first I was a psychology major, then I was a business major, then I was a sociology major, and then I was a business major again. But anyway, during that time, just my brief studies in sociology and, and psychology is it goes so much deeper than what's wrong with y'all. And I just, that's one of the issues that I have with 
white people who mean well. Mm -hmm. Mm Because you have racists and then you have white people that they really just don't get it. Some of them don't want to do the work to understand. Right. But some of them genuinely just don't get it. And it's like, if you really, really think about it, like, we as a culture have been messed Mm. up mentally so bad and it goes so deep. And there's so much to undo Mm -hmm. that there's a reason, you know, there is a reason why when people, you know, when black people get money, they want to show it. They don't, they're like, oh, snap, I got, I finally have money. Right. Because we never, we don't have money. We don't have a a long history of Uh, generational Generational wealth. Right. And then not even just wealth as as far as money goes, but we don't have much to be proud of. Mm -hmm. We don't have, you know, know good things being passed down in our homes we don't have love being passed down we don't have peace being passed down so it's just like anything that we get it's Mm -hmm. like i'm not letting this go right because this is the first time i ever have anything to feel good about yeah yeah that's real oh my gosh that's so real um if y'all haven't got the michelle obama book becoming she actually kind of talks about that like she talks about how you know her uncles like um, went through a period in time where, you know, they couldn't provide for their family mm. because, you know, the jobs were mostly given to white males. And so they had to have jobs that were like literally the bottom of the totem pole job that they, you know, it, it's nothing that would allow you to have an income that will allow you to have anything left over, mm-hmm. like literally you are going to be living paycheck to paycheck. And this system was, it, it was like this for a really, really long time. So if you don't have anything left over to invest, like you only have enough just to get by, yeah. it will create, you know, that that um, snowball effect to mm-hmm. where you can't pass Generational nothing down. Poverty. Yeah, you can't pass nothing down to your kids. So when, they, like you said, when they get something, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, I arrive mm-hmm. so you know let's kind of like flex or whatever um but this this is a really good topic like we can like go on and on and on and talk about it but I want to tap into the solution a little bit now that we kind of established you know the the history and the background of everything um I read a um a devotional one time going back to you know what we're talking about just being able to lend and the the devotional was talking about how um, there was a guy, he was a pastor. He lend, lended uh, $500 to another guy to get his um, car fixed. But at the end of the day, he knew he really didn't have the $500. He was just like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and just give it to you because you're in need. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like my bills are paid. Like I don't really need it, need yeah. it right now. But, you know, I can, I could just save this. Like we ain't got it like that. Mm-hmm. But he let he let the guy hold something, you know, and, you know, the guy was like, yeah, I'll pay you back in two weeks. Never paid him back still. And it, it, it had been years, years went a year or two had went by and he got a phone call, a voicemail um, saying, oh, yeah, I um, just wanted to touch bases with you. I know I still owe you this, this and that. It's it's coming like I'm definitely going to give it back to you. Um, but within that two year period, he had thought about it like his daughter had went through something and he um his daughter had ended up um needed needing that five hundred dollars within that two two year period and um so the he his mind went to it but before he could get mad somebody had left 
a check for $500 in his mailbox hmm. to help with the expenses. It, it was an anonymous check. He didn't know where the, <clears throat> the check came from, but he was like, wow, like, you know, mm -hmm. regardless of the money that I let him borrow, you know, all of my bills have been paid. Like we haven't been struggling. Right. Although my daughter needed that $500, God still supplied it. You know what I mean? And so when it came to it, when it came down to it, him being a lender actually allowed him to put his faith mm -hmm. somewhere else, you know, because sometimes like, <clears throat> and I just want to touch, speak to you guys out there, like, you know, all my sisters out there, this is just a little bit of encouragement. Like sometimes we think, you know, lending is a bad thing or we're fearful of what's going to happen if we let go of the money, even when you think about giving and, you know, your tithes to the church, like we're like, you know, we don't, we, sometimes it's hard. It's hard to actually give a 10% of, you know, what you, what you earn. However, it comes down to character. It comes down to faith and it comes down to building like a certain level of trust. Even if you're going to get to a level, you know, these, this is for my entrepreneurs out there. Okay. Because being an entrepreneur, you're constantly having to invest. And literally, you may not see a return the next day. Right. You may not see, like, you know, that $500 in your mailbox when you need it. But at the end of the day, you have to let it go so that it can come back to you. And so, you know, just shifting gears a little bit, I believe that one of the reasons why our culture can't really we can't thrive and it is kind of like that crab bucket mentality mm -hmm. is because we don't sow into each other and because of fear it holds us back from being that lender and saying oh i see your vision sis let me sow into you i yeah. see your vision let me invest in you i see the need so let me give it to you knowing right. that if it don't come back through you it's gonna come back some way shape or form and so you know just breaking that boundary and breaking that stereotype you know, I just want to shut that down today because regardless on if you get it back from that individual or not, you have to have the faith to know that if you had it to give, it's going to come back.